Hello and welcome to the Limerick Community Voices podcast presented by Limerick Public Participation Network. The PPN is a network of community voluntary, social inclusion and environmental organisations working to improve the lives of people in Limerick City and County. Limerick Public Participation Network enables the community to be represented in decision-making processes such as Limerick City and County Council committees and local public consultation processes. We believe that by working together we can better share ideas and information, amplify our voices and help create a better Limerick for all. To find out more and to get involved with the PPN, please visit limerickppn.ie or email us at ppn at limerick.ie. We would love to hear from you. This podcast brings you the voices of some of the many great people involved in the PPN. In each episode, we learn a little about each guest, how they got started in the work they are doing, and their thoughts on making a difference in the community. Without further ado, let's join our host, Patrick Fitzgerald, for this episode of the Limerick Community Voices podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the PPN podcast, Voices of Limerick. And I'm delighted to be here today with Ursula McKenzie, and she's the coordinator here at Employability Limerick. Thank you so much, Ursula, for coming on. Thank you, Patrick. I'm more than happy to do it. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. So we've known each other quite a while, haven't we? We have. I think yeah. I said that before in a different one with Jimmy too, that yeah, we go back. Yeah, different groups and different yes. meeting at different networks and different events and things like that in the community. Yeah, That's very true. And can you tell me a bit about employability here? Yes. Um, employability is based in Mallow Street in the city. Yeah. Uh, we are a fully funded programme, fully funded by the Department of Social Protection mainly. And what we do is we help people to find employment. So our typical client would be one with those with a disability, illness, injury, health condition or mental health condition. So we have job coaches support here. And when somebody comes in the door, they're typically looking for work or looking for advice around getting back to work. And we have a job coach element to what we do. So Mm -hmm. they would be signing their own job coach and work one to one with somebody with the view to finding them employment and having conversations possibly around some disclosures of whether they disclose their illness or their mental health and, and what might that look like. But also, I suppose, their, their own challenges and barriers to work. That makes sense. And this office is lovely. Thank you I, Like when much. I came in, it's really modern, it's really yeah. sleek, I suppose would be the word. Yeah, no, we love it here now, actually. We're here, I'd say, maybe about seven years. Are you? Okay. Um, we would have been down in uh, the old quarter, down in Ellen Street, for a number of years okay. before I started. So yeah. one of my babies, one of the projects that I had um, been handed when I first joined eight years ago was to find suitable um, accommodation, suitable office oh, wow. space. Uh, that was more conducive to our own client base as well. Yep. So, yeah, we were very lucky to get a landlord that actually um, kind of renovated the building to suit the fit and what we needed in terms of having meeting rooms so we yep. could have quiet space for the clients and having a welcome shop front, so to speak. And, yeah, just nice and airy. And it was a real... Um, we took down the the some of the, the, the kind of walls within the, the, the main entrance okay. when you kind of come in and... And laid it out in a way that was that was nice and open and airy. Yeah, so that's it's, really it's nice. Well, isn't it? We love it. It's kind of nice. It is. It's just really nice. And the nice yeah. sign outside too. It's 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 really lovely. Yeah, yeah. And also, you mentioned eight years, was it? Yep, eight years um, since May. Yeah. So. So employability. How long has employability Limerick been? Going? Actually, employability is around since two thousand and two, but it would have started as a pilot program for two years and then kind of came into its own separate legal entity in two thousand and four. Okay. Yeah. So it's an operation that would have been formerly known as Work Access. Um, but when I started, when we moved the building, we we rebranded to Employability Limerick. Okay. 
um, because all of the, I suppose that was a national approach to the services. Like just, and I, I, I didn't mention earlier on at the beginning when I was talking about our own service. Yeah. Uh, we're actually one of 23 nationwide employability services. 23? Yeah. That's really good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So they're all mainly funded by the Department of Social Protection as well. Um, so, which is good, I suppose, we're, we don't have to, you know, worry about the funding streams yeah. and that we, we do um, apply annually. But yeah, so we're one in 23. So we have a good network around the country and we have a good support system as well. Yeah. Um, for ourselves but again do you know what makes that really good is that if we have somebody coming in here um, who might be relocating so we, we've often been working with clients and they might say look I want to move I'm moving to Dublin situations yeah. new family whatever it is whatever the reasons we can put them in touch with our colleagues in Dublin in West Cork That's really in good. Donegal yeah. you know so it's really good as well um, yeah. to be able to kind of pass on that information and they can still avail of the employability service no matter where they are in the country, which, That's is, true. which is very good. Yeah. And you mentioned different cohorts of people that would be coming in here. Yeah, yeah. So the client base that we'd have, I suppose we work with an age bracket, obviously 18 to 25. Yeah. Um, sorry, 18 to 25, I meant 18 to 65. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our client base in terms of, look, the criteria to avail of the service is to have injury, illness or disability or health condition. Okay. But what we find is, um, yes, you need that element of uh, the criteria yep. to tick the box yep. in terms of access. But very often we find that the illness or the, the, the disability is the secondary um, to the challenges the person faces going back to work. Okay. And very often it's because they've been out of work and it's more about the anxiety of going back to work and how that is within each person is, is very different as that well. That makes and sense, doesn't it? It does. And, and also sometimes it is like, it's like we're, it's no different to ourselves if we're applying for jobs and we've been out of work for some mm -hmm. time. It's very challenging. Yeah. And the confidence levels could often be on the floor for some people. That makes sense. So the access part and the criteria is the disability of the health condition. Yeah. But in actual fact, the prep work, what we're doing is, is kind of looking at where the person is at and also looking at their transferable skills of maybe if they've been at home, what have they been doing at home? Have they been volunteering? And how can they apply that to the job they're applying for? And That's good. Make it applicable and suitable as well. To, but you're just saying, look, you, you were doing something. Yeah. You know, and this is what you were doing. This is what we can make it look like on paper because this is the reality. Um, and also do a bit of confidence prep for them. And, and we don't do a huge amount of that um, per se, like targeted approach. What we would do is it's kind of um, through the conversations of getting them to understand where they're at and yeah. maybe kind of, as you said, big them up a little bit and, and yeah. in, in just making them feel good about the skill set that they have and to stop underestimating what they have or where they're at. That sounds really nice. You know, that everybody has something to contribute and yeah. yours just might look a little bit different to the next person that comes in the door. Yeah. But it's still, you know, it's still you and it's still part of what makes you and what you bring to the table for an employer. And we just kind of help them package that in a way that gives them the tools to be able to talk about themselves at interviews and, and, you know, and things like that as well. And can you walk me through? So let's just say I come into you okay. and, and I just say to you, look, can I get help <clears throat> getting okay. a job? I haven't been in work for ages. Maybe I have an illness or disability or something like that. How would you then? Okay. So when somebody comes into us, yeah. um, obviously we'll have a conversation. We'll, we'll tell them a little bit about what we do. Yeah. Won't overwhelm them at, at first. 
but the process for referral, I might touch on that initially, yeah. is because we're funded from the department, 90% will kind of self-refer in some ways okay. and we will direct them down to the department yeah. and give them a contact and they'll have to do the paperwork bit in terms of referral form. That comes oh, back okay, to me okay. within yeah. a week. But that's easy enough, is it? Oh, that's simple. That's because, good. Yeah. yeah, I know, we, we will give them the contact details and very often we will, if they're have any hesitations, I'll pick up the phone or when the lads pick up the phone and we'll make the appointment with them and, and everything else. So that's that's kind of the starting point and, and everybody will have to do that. Um, but it's only to kind of get the referral back in the door. So yeah. basically when I get the referral in then, we will look at um, the caseloads of the current clients, right? Yeah. And I will assign the person to whoever has capacity in terms of caseload. And, and you would be putting them to a caseworker? Absolutely. Well, we call them a job coach. Oh, job coach. That's yeah. a lovely title, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. A job coach or employment specialist. That's lovely. Um, so, yes, yeah, so they would have their own job coach. Yeah. So I would assign them to a job coach and then the job coach would basically pick up the phone and say, I am Ursula. I am, you know, your job coach. Yeah. Would you like to come in? And I mean, kind of get them in. So we try to get people in then face to face for the first couple of meetings. Very important just in terms of building the rapport and yeah. putting them at, at ease and getting them to understand what we do. But basically it is meeting the job coach and a bit of give and take on this is what we do and what do you know about us and, yeah. and how what do you want to get from the service as well. Um, is it free? 100% free. That's great. That's good. Yeah. That's Always really good. good news. Yeah, it is. That's really good. Yeah. So it's free to the employers as well as the job seekers. Okay. So it's free to everybody because okay. it's fully funded, which yeah. makes it an ideal scenario. And do you have many job coaches? We have five job coaches. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Really so five good. job coaches and myself, coordinator and the administrator. Yeah. But we also have a separate project called um, the IPS. Okay. But that's a, a, a separate HSE funded post okay. that's not based in the office, but still part of the team. Yeah. Um, and that would be the employment specialist that works solely with people with mental health difficulties. Oh, we're definitely going to touch off that. So yeah. if we come back to, so we're meet, you're meeting the, the person coach. now, so yeah. two or three times, four or five times. Absolutely. So they would meet the job coach, they would come into the meeting room and we do the initial phase, it's called a needs assessment. Yeah. So what that basically means, it's kind of like profiling. So it's trying to get to know the person. Uh, where they were, what their yeah. past history was in terms of their work history, yeah. what training they've done, have they had any experiences and, and challenges in the workplace before and how we might be able to assist them to overcome those going forward. Yeah. Uh, what types of work? Um, is there any gaps in their CV that we want to discuss in terms of how will we disclose or have a conversation around that with, a, with an employer? That's right. Um, and then also, is there an element of training? So the, the good thing in the last year and a half is that we also have um, a training grant now built into the employability service. So it's the ETSG, similar to one that the intro offices might have been given out in the past uh, and still do. Um, but we would have access to that grant for our clients. So if, for instance, they were getting a job and through either a work experience or through an interview, we um or through conversations even that we determined that the person would need an element of upskill or retraining yeah or even a safe pass or HACCP or manual handling or admin skills um we have access to a pot of money here that would allow us to provide uh funding for those courses That's really so they nice. don't have to leave our our um service now to go and get that yeah they can do it in conjunction with and alongside the job search, which yeah. really, it makes it work. Like, That's really know. nice, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, okay. it is good. It's good. And so let's say they get an interview. 
So, so as part of, so as we're moving on from these assessment, then we yep. go to the job search phase, right? So the job search is as it is, yep. as, as the DIN, um, going out looking and we do a bit of CV prep as well. We will do the mock interview prep with them. Nice. The lads will say, so if I had one job coach, her client is going for a job. She might ask a different job coach to come up and do it. So it's different oh, yeah, take so can, on yeah, it. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, and it's kind of an unbiased view of it as well and yep. an unbiased feedback and that. So that really works. Um, so we go out then we go knocking at the doors we find the interviews we do all sorts of ways around finding jobs and interviews and then we um, the person's going for an interview so if they're happy enough to go along themselves and we're on the phone beforehand for support we can be on the phone afterwards for support we can meet them afterwards um, you know so they will independently go to an interview as they would any other I mean it's a job interview full stop you know Uh, it just means that we're, we're in the background as a sounding board um, so they can tell us how they got on afterwards and and if they're really kind of, you know, excited, they have someone to share that excitement with. Cause sometimes they don't. That's really nice. And then other times then they're like, oh, my God. And we've all done this. I've done it, you know, in terms of, you know, oh, I shouldn't have answered this or why did I say I, should, I didn't say this? And just yeah. reminding them of what they did well. Yeah. So it's it's a bit of um, it's a support in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, so it's good. Yeah. It sounds really nice. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because I suppose uh, you mentioned there before, not a lot of people might have that that right. support and even that phone call, like, like you said, Absolutely. even afterwards, just to say, "Oh, I worry about this. I worry about this." Yeah. Or it went really well, and things. Like, That's really nice, isn't it? Yeah. So it, it is, especially. I mean, for everybody, it's nice to have to share that That's excitement. True. Yeah. You know. Can I contact you if I'm going for a job? Yeah. Today? Can of course. <laughs> <laughs> Could you have a coffee any day? <laughs> That's lovely. So you mentioned mental health. Yes. I didn't think of that. That's a really yeah. important facet, I suppose, for people looking to get into work or looking things like that that might be struggling or suffering. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And like in reality, a lot of a lot of our so I suppose there's two elements to this conversation, really go yeah. two ways. Like a lot of our clients would come to us um, might have a secondary challenge and that might be yeah. in terms of their mental health and yeah. mind and their mental health. And very often we might have to kind of tap into other support services as well. Yeah. And, you know, that's the benefit of, of networking, yeah. you know, and, and that. So it's kind of known what's out there and known. But the other side of that then is that we do have an employment specialist who solely works with people with mental health. Now, the, the that's really good. Is, yeah, it's really good. It's very good. And it's very um, it's a very worthwhile piece, too. Yeah. The thing about that is you can self-refer into that. It's only specifically for um, a certain client base in okay. Willowdale Day Hospital. OK, OK. So as it stands, the HSC started off as a pilot and now it's, it's you know, it's embedded in, in their process. And, yeah. um, so we're hoping to kind of look at some other community day hospitals as well yeah. around the city in time. They would be... Because I was planned. just going to ask that next. Is yeah. that, do you foresee that maybe expanding to, let's say I have a diagnosis of depression and I yeah. come into you and I'm like, look, I'm really struggling to get a job. Do yeah. you see that down the road? Expansion. That's what, that's, well, that's, we do that right now. Do you? There's two elements. That's again, really right? good. I'm oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. No, we do. So a lot of our clients would have mental health challenges yeah. and we would get a lot of referrals in from other mental health agencies too. Yeah. Um, which is, that's where the connection is really good and knowing what's out there as well. But yeah. a, a, I'd say about 40 plus percent of our clients would have a mental health illness. Okay. So yeah. be that. Look, I have I have bipolar disorder. I have anxiety. I have social anxiety. Yeah. I have depression, or even I have depression, but it's not medically diagnosed. 
uh, our because a lot of, of times it wouldn't be would it no well well a lot of times for us it actually probably is for us okay okay um but we do have individuals who might come into us and say then look i am um, i have depression yeah. but i don't or i i manage it in terms of I get private counselling yeah. or I don't go through the public system yeah. or I get, you know. Um, so it is obviously a diagnosed, but but not through maybe their mental health professional yeah, in sense. terms of the HC side of things. But yeah, so the clients that we would have then, like we're still linking in them to other supports then as well in terms of the mental health side of things yeah. and just making sure they are supported at home or personally. Because sometimes there's that challenge of putting them out to work and the extra pressure of going to work. How am I going to get to work? You know, and how am I going to manage my payment? And who's going to help me? And, and who do I offload to when I go home? And, and things like that. So we're just making sure that they're not carrying too much. And, and we're not mental health professionals. We have an awareness yeah. because it's part of the job. But we always like to make sure that we have we can put them in touch with somebody if they needed it. So right? signposting, I suppose, too. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And that's a lot of what we do, Pat, Patrick. And, um, you know, it is just knowing what's out there and signposting them to other services as well. Yeah. But the, the mental health, the HSE funded is, um, the IPS one is, is in Willowdale. Yeah. So it's their multidisciplinary team. That's the one that's um, out in Raheen. So it's directly across. You, would, you wouldn't know it unless you knew, you knew okay. it. So it's out near Raheen Church. Okay. So that's Community Day Hospital. So yeah. if you were under um, under their support, yeah. so their multidisciplinary team would um, refer onto Michelle's caseload. Michelle being the IPS worker outside. Yeah. yeah. So it's a good. It's it's um it's a, an extra service. So I suppose you asked me the question about would we see it expanding? Yes, I would love to see another IPS worker in the city. Yeah. I would love to see another one or two. Because there are more than one day community hospital, aren't there? There is, there's yeah, there's around. quite a yeah. few around. So at the moment, because it was only a pilot phase, um, you know, which has progressed now, it's now sustained funding for that particular post. So the, the plan is that there will be expansion in that side of things. That's lovely, isn't it? It is good. It's yeah. needed. You know, it's needed. And it would be, it's a good, it's an extra fit to those teams as well to provide that extra kind of focus on employment yeah and then the other side of that is for anybody else who are not part of the day hospitals and do have um you know a mental uh, illness or or, yeah. or challenge or whatever way you like to phrase it i know we're all yeah. very different in terms of, of the words that we might use but if you feel any anxiety or uh, anything that you feel you might need support on in a work sense mm -hmm. then we're here for that too to come to us to we can help them find employment. That's yeah. so nice, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. That's really nice. So look, listen, we work with everybody. And Patrick, we work with everybody. City, county, Midwest, do you cover We cover Limerick City and County. That's so really nice. we yeah. have outreach offices in Camelock, Croom on occasion, um, a lot in Newcastle West on a regular basis. I didn't know that. So what's an outreach yeah. office? An outreach office is basically uh, we would just rock on to okay. a, a community. So we use Desmond Complex out in Newcastle West yeah. every two weeks. We have That's a job nice. coach. Yeah, so if we get we, if we get somebody who is based out in the county, yeah, and that doesn't have access to the travel to the city I to come into our yes. meetings, yeah, that makes sense. And bus times can be hit and miss, or family situations and dynamics yeah. they might just not, or they might prefer to work. They want to find work in the county where yeah. they're living, so we will come to them. That's really good. So, yeah. like, if you had somebody in Dune, if you had somebody in 
I don't know, give me another part. Abbeyfield, Abbeyfield, be out the Newcastle <laughs> West side as yeah. well. So we go the opposite side. Glenstall, you know, where is yeah, that? like that's yeah. out past by Maru. Like yeah. if we had somebody who couldn't travel in, we can also travel out. So we would base our outreach office. We would have regular outreaches, uh, the ones I just named, and then you have the ones that are based on client demand. That makes sense. We're not going to not give you a service, you know, like. If we felt that there is a need for us to go out, we'll go out and, and it'll be give and take. You can come in and we can go out and yeah, things like that. Yeah. Um, preferably, we do like them to come in where possible because if they're looking to get to work, they'll have to figure out a way to get to work in terms of transport. That makes sense. Because yeah. sometimes the transport is the Especially main barrier. Home, I suppose, isn't it? It's crazy, yeah. yeah. Especially for any rural settings like that, the transport is often the issue because there isn't a regular bus route or there's a local link buses aren't on in those areas at certain times you yeah. know and trying to figure it out sometimes the, the transport is the main barrier and that's just not okay like either really you know not for them yeah. trying to get out and get to work like and it's uh, but anyway look that's that's some of the challenges that's right and that was my next question she was to kind of flow into that and kind of ask you like well, what do you see as employability limericks challenges I suppose at the yeah. moment and what are you seeing yeah um, I suppose the challenges really are kind of the main ones are the, those individuals who are based in the rural in okay. the rural areas um, that can't have access to the service. They can have access to the service because we we'll do hybrid meetings, Zoom meetings, yeah. we do anything now for the clients. Yeah. COVID was great in a lot of ways because it made us <laughs> it made us rise. You know, I think so many people learned how to use mobile phones and computers 100%. and things like that from that. Absolutely. And we yeah. don't have to stick with how we did business before Let, let's think outside the box yeah. make it work for yeah. people um, but the challenge is I suppose if they're looking for a certain type of work and it's not in their own community they have to travel how are they going to get to it so alright get the remote working job and a hybrid working job and that, they can work at home if that's the type of work they're looking for Yes, but if it's sense. a physical job and it's not available in their area then they have to figure out a way to travel to get there that makes sense so that, that's that's always been a challenge for employability in, in terms of um, the clients from that, that don't live in and around the city. Yeah. And I think that's it across the board for any service, you know. But also, I guess, for us, is we're constantly trying to knock on the doors of the employers. And it comes with its challenges, but it also comes with its rewards in that we have a lot of employers who will pick up the phone, who will email us and say, I have this job. Do you have anybody? That's really nice. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, but I didn't think of that aspect of, I suppose, building them relationships oh, too with the employers. Oh, absolutely. They're really important. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, the, everybody here is part of their role. Yeah. But it's a huge part of mine. And it is just getting out there and, and putting a face to the name and making the links and sense. going to... That's why I get to see you at all the different events do. going that's on around why, the that's why, that's why I'm a social butterfly. <laughs> My mother would tell me, yeah, you'd go to the opening of an envelope. <laughs> I'm like, but I have to, it's my job. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you have to be the face, I suppose, in some ways. And somebody That's has true. to, you, you know, you need to know who you're talking to or who, what services. Yeah. And for employers, I think sometimes the challenge with employers is um, they don't understand our service and they don't understand that the clients that we have are you and I. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They will think of, okay, it's a disability related service. And they might have a stereotypical view of what a disability looks like for them. Yeah. But that's not it in real life. 
and then I have to go to to employer events. I did one just this week with a good group as well, and you know, let them know that's visible and invisible. That is actually genuinely you and I are who I'm supporting. That there's no difference. No difference yeah. whatsoever. Like you know, the only difference is that you might need a reasonable accommodation and work. Yeah, and our job is to tell the employer what that looks like. And that's a legal requirement, them. isn't it? Um, it is a requirement in terms of uh, it has to be kind of um, as long as it's affordable and okay. manageable. Yeah. So if a reasonable accommodation was uh, dis, I can't even think of the word disappropriate to to the work or to the the environment, then you yeah. know, insofar as it's reasonably practical. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's right. yeah, that's right. yeah. But the majority of times, what I will say is reasonable accommodations are always very minimum and That's very really cost effective. Yeah. And we try and, you know, use from previous examples of what that might, how it might have looked before to yeah. make it work this time. Sometimes the conversations then are literally conversations with employers. This is what it looks like. This is what the person can bring. This is what the person can add to your team. Yeah. person can do the job, but just might need an extra bit of support. Yeah. So on and so forth. That's yeah. really nice though. And yeah. do you have any success stories? We do, thankfully, we do. That's why we're in operation so long, Patrick. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, in reality, the service is not, you know, it's very similar to a lot of other services in that we have targets and KPIs yeah. and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, and I suppose one of our targets would be uh, to have 50% of placements, clients in placement. Of your client of load? Of our client load. That's really good. Yeah. So we had, I think, um, 70 plus last year. So we really? all, we, we exceeded good. our target by by um, a huge amount last year and yeah. year before and considering COVID like that was amazing it was really, really it was really good um, and the reason why it is only 50% is because not everybody that comes through the doors ends up wanting to go out to work so through the conversations with the job coaches they might come to the understanding or make a decision that actually do you know what I thought I wanted to go back to work but now I understand or realise if I want to go to work in a clerical role I need to upskill here that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm yeah. going to go way off now and I'm going to go to LCFE or I'm going to go to the LT, the ETBs and I'm going to do a bit of training for the next 12 That's months lovely. and I'm going to do a bit of work myself yeah. and I'm going to, you know, give myself the skills to be able to go out and, and go for those interviews and, and get the job yeah. or whatever else. And so not everybody comes on their books will, will stay for the job. They might go. And then we have a small percentage who might say, you know what? volunteering is for me you know that makes sense yeah yeah. we might put them out into a work placement and, and things like that and then might come back and say you know I'm happy as I am I just needed to excuse me dip my toe in the water so yeah. to speak and I did and I was able to have the opportunity to do so and thank you very much And but I'm going to I'm happy now and content that I've made an informed decision yeah to continue as I am because it works for me and my family and things like that so you know the job is the outcome for employability yeah for our clients but there's also other outcomes that we understand that the job isn't always to be all and end all. And, you know, as long as it's a positive outcome for the individuals, as mm -hmm. best as we can, we yeah. will help them to achieve that. And that's a really nice, you mentioned there even like, do you know what, I need to go away and I need to upscale. Yeah. That's lovely, isn't it? That's a really nice realisation even in saying, look, how it do is. I get that information then? And you know what, isn't it good that you're allowed, you have some, you have the space to have those conversations with yeah. people and to come to that conclusion yourself. You're giving yourself the time yeah. to look at your life right now, what's realistic for you. And that's the bit about the job coach and the conversations is that you, because if you're here, you know, 
we kind of are assuming you're here because you want to get out to work, but yeah. we also understand the process. Like it's a journey, isn't That's it? True. That life, is a, life, yeah. no, life, life is a journey. Life is a journey. Life is a journey. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I don't know. We all say that, and sometimes it feels a bit cheesy, but that is the reality. Yeah. You know, it's a reality. So the space is here. The idea is to look for work, but a lot of things come out in between. That's um, fair. How do you manage it all? <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> Sometimes I ask myself that same question, but because it sounds like there's so much going on. There is, and I suppose like you were talking, we were talking about mental health. There, we were talking about yeah. how do you look after yourself? Um, I suppose I've got a good team around me here okay. too. I can walk in here in any day and say I'm not having a good day. Oh, it does nice. And I think I started this when I started here. I even started those conversations because I had a lot going on as well at the time and yeah. families and stuff like that. My kids were young. But it's just allowing yourself to say, look, today's a bad day now. Yeah. And so people kind of then gather around you and take the pressure off you. That's lovely. Um, but also, I suppose you learn in the job to become, to kind of use those tools and to use people and use your peers. Or like I might have met you through a network or an event yeah. and we might have, I might pick your brain for something. And if I'm struggling or have a challenge, I don't know where to go with it. I use those connections as my sounding board and that's the joy about the networking yeah and 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 the groups and things like that is that you 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 meet people who are in similar working in isolation and management maybe that's a very good point and so you then can create your own peer support not in any formal way or anything but there you are i need a coffee yeah i need to blow off steam i need to just you know walk the park yeah what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but outside that, it's, look, you're, you're kind of, I think when, when I'm relatively organised, you know. I'm an you are, you seem very structured now from all the times I met you, you seem very structured, very. <laughs> to ask him that at home and it probably completely <laughs> different, but maybe that's how I manage, right? That's yeah. how I manage that I'm, I, I, I just, I'm a free for all at home, I yeah. guess. I don't know. Um, and what but, got you into this? Well, um, I worked for, I suppose I my work life, I've worked for not-for-profits. Um, I have only probably worked once, twice for uh, for-profit businesses. That's nice to be able yeah. to say, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think it's just, um, I won't lie, it's not that some, you know, something major drew me to this, this area of yeah. work itself. But, like, I was working in the children's charity for 13 years and I became redundant in that a lot of the, the posts were kind of... Um, brought back to Dublin yeah. and then I worked in a school completion programme for a while as well and and I guess like look the, we're gonna, we're not gonna, the vacancy came up for employability and yeah. again you are only drawn to roles that you feel I am anyway that you feel you could do and you could give back and I suppose my own ethos and my own core personal values yeah. align with the company yeah. and align with with the service that we deliver and it is always about People have done it for me in the past, that they have, you know, supported me through challenging times Mm -hmm. or through a time where I didn't know where I was going with work. Yeah. So you're just drawn. And for me, I was just drawn to um, the work that we do and how we can support people because it just made sense to me personally. It made sense. But it must be because you mentioned there about working for non-for-profits and how it values your ethos that then you must be that kind of helper type person. You must like helping. You must like giving. I like to think I do. (laughs) (laughs) No, but listen, I do. I do. I do. And that's the reality. If I can help anybody, I will. Like I'd have somebody coming in and, and, you know, I don't want to go into too much of a long story, but they weren't suitable for the service. Yeah. But I've spent 
some time and some time um, helping them to maneuver around their payments. Yeah. And they were declined, but like I knew they were finding it difficult to make sense of it all. Yeah. And I gave my time to help them do that. And that's because you, you just want, if you can help somebody, mm-hmm. then why would you not? I, I, I agree with you. Completely agree yeah. with you. And I think that this podcast, I suppose, is a nice example of getting to meet people. And all the people I've met just are so willing yeah. to help in their own field and wanting to help and wanting to give back. And I think it's such a nice trait yeah. to have. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what keeps people in this line of work, isn't it? Because the work gets agree. hard. It does. Doesn't it? Does. it? Yeah. It can get hard and you can feel tired. Yeah. And, you know, you can feel pulled at all different levels. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, you're there because that's where your your heart is. That's a bit very cheesy. Like, but in but reality, if it's true. But it is an element yeah. of it. You know, yeah. it's there because that's what you and you like to do. You like to see people progress or have access to services yep. or to, you know, become um, to, to get the opportunities to kind of develop in themselves. Yeah. And, and I think pro- professional and personal development are massive for me. And I like to see some people personally develop. And it doesn't matter what that looks like and what shape that may take. And I'm just very lucky that I can see that in the job I do right now in the clients that we, we help. And, and look, the service isn't for everybody. That's true. Yeah. I get that, you know, and it doesn't work out always. But the majority of the time, it does. And I can hear your passion. Yeah. And passionate is the I word. Know. That's the word yeah. I was thinking about, passionate. I, I've heard that say, when I kind of do the, the business networks, yeah. it's like a really, I'm trying, you know, am I overly passionate? Is it too much? But that's just really, I can't help it. It just, it just is what it is. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Yeah. And is there any, I suppose, big projects coming up for employability? Um, well, look, every year what we'll do, and I think we'll do it at the moment, we don't have sight of something yeah. outside of the fact that we are hoping that the IPS, the HSC side of things, yeah. that would be another. That would be that's the, the mental health side. That's the mental yeah. health side. Um, we're hoping that new worker will come on board next year. That's yeah. the plan. That's All going to plan. It'll be great. Um, but for the main employability service, I suppose we'll spend time now as a team in the new year and we look at what we want to achieve next year and what events we want to kind of, I suppose we're, we're the service is, what it is you know yeah. uh, but it's the other elements of the work that we can create ourselves and in terms of events or bringing people together or, or how can we network and link in with other groups to run something to be part of a program yeah. and you know I suppose we'll be looking at all of that in the new year and so right now and um, there's nothing in particular outside of just getting other services and the public aware of the work that we do That's and right. that it's a free service to everybody that they can free access. is a good yeah because i yeah. keep forgetting about that even in other areas that i work in too yeah. it's so important to really push that home and really say well look this is a free service i like, know yeah sometimes i wonder though because sometimes it's a conversation of if they're free if it's free is it valued but yeah. does it it's, we've noticed an element of of both but the majority of times the fact that it is a free service for our job seekers, yes. our clients, is massive. It's yeah. brilliant. It's why we have client-based numbers that we have, yeah. because it's free. You know, but uh, anyway. That's, <laughs> yeah. And because you mentioned about coming together, you mentioned about networking there a second yes. ago. Like, do, I guess, do you see that as a benefit uh, as being part of the PPN even, I suppose, where yeah, we get to bring mm. everyone from all over Limerick and kind of bring them together and trying to yeah. get that networking bar going? Absolutely. And I think that's probably one of the things that drew me to it to begin with yeah. um, was 
that there was so many I didn't know. I mean, I, like, listen, what you do, you look at your own street that you're working on and you're That's very true. tunnel vision sometimes. Yeah. And then you have, you know, certain times there's events and there's things on and you go to them and that's why you see, that's why I meet you everywhere. And, but with the PPN, it just kind of gave me access to a lot of, a lot of the rural community as well mm-hmm. and the rural groups I never would have known about. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So we're supporting somebody out in Everfield, Newcastle West, you know, anywhere at all, really. Yeah. What's in your area? What's in your network? And then I have had, I've been delighted to be able to say to people, well, actually, do you know what? Do you know who I met now last week? And there's this new, you know, counselling service. There's this new group. There's this new men's shed. There's this new other other voluntary groups that's no going on what the, in the county. That's going on in yeah. the county that I wouldn't know because I I don't live in that area and we're in the city. I don't yeah. you know frequent it as often as I you know yeah. would need to. But um, but I've been able to have the network even that you can pick up the phone and very often you see the emails going around you know in the groups and being at the events and yeah. the meetings and kind of knowing who's who yeah and just putting the employability name out there too because. We don't know about a service sometimes until you need the service. And what I have seen a lot too is you might hear about these organisations. Yeah. And they might go to the back of your mind. And then maybe a month, two months later, uh, yeah. you might be having a conversation with someone. And then you might be like, do you know now, that organisation now will be really good fit now. I literally had this conversation with my team this morning. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. And um, and that's what I was saying to her. Because uh, we had gone to visit somewhere this morning and... Um, she wouldn't have known before about it. Yeah. I said, well, no, I found out that by through another network and um, it's been able to say, in a month, as you just said there, like in six weeks time, in six months time, yeah. somebody will say something and go, well, do you know what? I know there is an organisation because I've met him through the PPN network. Yeah. I've met him through the groups. Leave it with me and I'm going to talk to somebody and I can, I can pick up the phone then. Yeah. Whether it's, you know... The secretariat or yep. whether it's, it's any of the linkage groups. And that's one of the good thing that, so Lorraine is the worker with the mm. PPN and she's there. She's there with an Absolutely. email, she's there with a call that if you wanted information about an organisation, things like that, that's there, yeah. I suppose. As, yeah. yeah, it's at your fingertips. And, yeah. and you know what, that's really good and useful to know because sometimes you could be like searching for a needle in a haystack you, if you don't know where to begin. Yeah. But at least if you have somebody like Lorraine who yeah. has access to our information of the groups, yeah. then it's about just tapping into, look, this is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Could you, you know, tell me or whatever. And when I was setting up here, you mentioned an awards night that yes. the PPN had. Now, I wasn't part of the PPN oh, then. Great buzz. So it, yeah. and what happened there? Ah, uh, yeah, it was good. Um, I was saying to you, yeah, I was very lucky and I really enjoyed it. And um, it was being part of the awards committee. Okay. So um, there was a few of us at the time yeah. and we were kind of looking at the, the other counties. Okay. I think maybe Waterford might have been one and somebody else. So yeah. there was linkages in between them as well of, of how they run their awards night. And what, and what is the awards like. night for? So they were all different. Um, so it was like, I, I can't, you caught me off the hop now in terms right. of the, but it was all different, um, I don't know, awards or yeah. acknowledgements. For organisations. pillars for, for anybody in the PPN. Okay. So, it, just say, for instance, if you're looking at a business award, yeah. right, and you have one organisation as, as the, the kind of looking after that and you have all different areas. So if you were best family resource centre, best provider to um, those with addiction and, yeah. and or, uh, you know, it's kind of all different areas 
within the awards um, that you could apply. I can't even think of the terminology but now, that's Patrick. Okay. Yeah, but it sounds yeah. really, it really good. good. And do you know what? It was really good. It, it was a social element too as well, right? It was real, and that was the nice part yeah. too, I won't lie. Um, but the excitement of, of watching all the applications come in. So the, 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 you would have sent out all of the, the criteria and what the awards were, the yeah. title of the awards and how you qualify and what makes a good, uh, you know, I suppose, how could you, what do you need to kind of sell in terms of your own ideas of your companies yeah. and what you do? Um, and this was open to all PPN members? All PPN yeah. members. So it was up to them and it was their choice whether they applied or not. Okay. But everybody was sent the information. Everybody was encouraged That's to apply. Lovely. Yeah. And then so there was a number of applications and there was a group who would have, um, and there was an external kind of group as well as the PPN members yeah. of neutral. So they would nearly go around the country of getting reps from other That's PPNs. Fair. That's fair. So then you're building up a network too, yeah. aren't you? You know, and you're kind of seeing what's the best practice yeah. and what's, you know. Um, so then they would kind of be the judges uh, and then you'd have sponsorships from other communities as well so you might be a cash prize that's lovely yeah yeah. so, you'd, so the, you'd have to you know kind of the, the committee would have to approach employers and say look this is yeah, going yeah. on and would like to sponsor and you have a lot of sponsorships so then the awards night then was out in the the Woodlands Hotel and there was a, so many community groups do you know it was Definitely. it was lovely yeah it was really nice and then it was all the, the awards the presenting of the awards oh, was that a few years ago now God, was it a few years ago? Definitely was a few years ago, I'd say. Would it have been about five, six years ago even? Because I just remember seeing the pictures of it afterwards mm. and like the amount of people and the organisations, yeah. was the organisation talking about it was how loads, crazy loads it was. Loads of people how, in the room. Yeah. Loads of people in the room. And it brought a lot of people together, you know, and um, and it was a lot of people helping out and organising it as well. And it was uh, it was just great. That's it was, it was good. Yeah. That's yeah. Really nice. Yeah. They, it was just a really good evening. It was a good night for everybody to come together and kind of see the other groups as well. It was, it was very beneficial in that respect. Are we going to see it again? Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Definitely, hopefully. From yeah. yeah, because even from just hearing you talk about it, it just sounds like it was an amazing night and an amazing experience. It was. It was. Yeah. And I, I know for a fact everybody enjoyed it as well, you yeah. know, and I, personally I made a lot of contacts through it. That's right. that evening myself, yeah. So it was good. So to finish up, Ursula, yeah. I'm going to give you the last question. Okay. And I suppose since you're with employability, have you any tips to finish up? Um, about people, I suppose, maybe wanting to change job or entering into the workforce or entering into that area of job searching? Yeah, um, I suppose really it's just kind of take your time and don't jump into it um, would be the experience of what we have here as well and kind of not making rash decisions. And, yeah. and really it's just kind of looking at your CV again. And always, because the only thing, the tips that we would say is kind of just make sure that your CV and, and your applications are relevant to the jobs that you're applying and don't just... Start throwing out the same CV to every single job. <laughs> I know we all used to have a habit of that before, I don't know, and myself included. But yeah. yeah, it's just, I suppose that's the one tip is kind of just change up your CV, even if it's only a couple of lines, just to make it appropriate to the job you're applying yeah. for, really. But again, I suppose, look, it's, it's, you know, what I would say is, I know we mentioned it, everything being a journey earlier on, but yeah. sometimes if you're looking at a job, and I say this to almost everybody that we're talking to coming through here, if they're looking at a job and think, no, I don't have those skill set, I don't have that. If you have four out of the 10 that's on it, apply. Because, you know, there's other things there that you will learn on the job. And don't be sweating about it all, really, I think. don't. Yeah. Ex ex some people are too hard on themselves. And they might say, there's 10 things there now on your list and I've only, I can experience of four or five. Yeah. That's okay, you know. That's absolutely okay. And I think once you're open and willing to learn and show that you're yeah. you will learn and express that in your, your cover letter as well and acknowledge that, then that, that's very important. 
That's yeah. really nice, Ursula. Yeah. Well, Ursula, thank you. thank you so much for taking part in the PPM podcast. Thank you very much. I'm <laughs> delighted to do that. Really enjoyed it's, it. It's so nice to kind of get the different voices and kind of getting to hear the different sides of things. Yeah. So that was Ursula McKenzie, and she is the coordinator here at Employability Limerick. This podcast was brought to you by the Limerick Public Participation Network, or Limerick PPN, and you can find out more information at www.limerickppn.ie. Do you have a website, Ursula? I do. It is www.employabilitylimerick.ie. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you all for listening and stay tuned for more Voices of Limerick. Thank you for listening to the Limerick Community Voices podcast by Limerick Public Participation Network. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. To find out more about the Limerick PPN and to get involved, visit limerickppn.ie or email us at ppn at limerick.ie. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening.